When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going everybody? Welcome back. Welcome in. It is time for another episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. Oh man, people, I've been... I've been deep diving. I've been deep thinking. I've been uh, dreaming about our dystopian future that's coming that I've been talking about at length. I've been thinking a lot about some of the quotes I've been saying and the common themes uh, I've been incorporating into my uh, each individual episode, but also the main overarching message that I'm sure a lot of you uh, are very aware of at this point. Um, today I'm going to read a few quotes, uh, that kind of, uh, I I want you guys to be thinking about, um, you know, if you want to make fruitful use of your freedom, you got to develop yourself. You got to develop your capacity for love and compassion and tolerance, right? We've been talking about this stuff a lot, right? Um, so, you know, in the spirit of figuring out how we're going to save the world and is, uh, there, uh, you know, terrifying dystopian, you know, world government, uh, you know, mechanized AI world coming like is, you know, is the Terminator movies and all that kind of stuff really going to start happening? The iRobots and... All that kind of stuff. Maybe. You know, we'll see. But I just want to, you know, I want to start the show today by just reading through a few quotes uh, that kind of help support my points of, you know, we got to, if we're going to save the world, we got to look inwardly. We got to develop ourselves. We got to, we got to develop our capacity for love. And, you know, here we go. This is from Aldous Huxley. And I think this was clipped from the new Brave New World Revisited um, show that's on Peacock, I believe. Aldous Huxley, and I quote, If the first half of the 20th century was the era of the technological engineers, I'm sorry, the technical engineers, the second half may well be the era of the social engineers. And the 21st century, I suppose, will be the era of world controllers, the scientific caste system, and brave new world. The prophecies made in 1931 are coming true much sooner than I thought they would. The nightmare of total organization has emerged from the safe, remote future and is now awaiting us. 
just around the next corner. Unquote. And here's another one from Huxley, quote, The nature of psychological compulsion is such that those who act under constraint remain under the impression that they are acting on their own initiative. The victim of mind manipulation does not know that he is a victim. To him, the walls of his prison are invisible, and he believes himself to be free. That he is not free is apparent only to other people. His servitude is strictly objective. Unquote. Deep. Right? But you know, that speaks exactly to what I've said in previous podcasts, people, about how people lived before us. There are people that prophesied future events that wrote them down, wrote their prophecies down, put them in books. (laughs) Remember? Remember books? Know what books are still, people? (laughs) But that's pretty deep. You know, he called the world controllers of the 21st century, he called that the scientific caste system, he says, a nightmare of total organization. It has emerged from an alleged safe remote future. Oh, we're just going to keep you safe, right? Safe and secure. So anyway, I found that to be interesting. And let's continue. Uh, I want to read a few more quotes that I find to be quite interesting. Here's a few from Terrence McKenna. If you guys don't know who Terrence McKenna is, go look him up. He's a, a psychonaut, very intelligent uh, man who was very intru- into, interested in, uh, famous for um, the use of psychedelics in order to, in the words of Jim Morrison, attain the unknown. Here we go. Quote, culture replaces authentic feeling with words. As an example of this, imagine an infant lying in its cradle and the window is open and into the room comes something marvelous, mysterious, glittering, shedding light of many colors, movement, sound, a transformative uh, hierophany, hierophany of integrated perception, When the child is enthralled, and then the mother comes into the room and says to the child, that's a bird, baby, that's a bird. Instantly, the complex wave of the angel peacock, iridescent, transformative mystery is collapsed into the word. All mystery is gone. The child learns, this is a bird, this is a bird. And by the time we're five or six years old, all the mystery of reality has been carefully tiled over with words. This is a bird. This is a house. This is the sky. And we seal ourselves in within a linguistic shell of disempowered perception. I've never thought about it like that before. That your perception is 
you know, you, you can't put in a perception into words. It's almost unspeakable, right? But, you know, in the, in the spirit of thinking about linguists and language that we've talked about in the past, <clears throat> and, you know, Carl Sagan talking about something uh, bad has happened between kindergarten and 12th grade, if you remember that from a previous podcast. Um, here's another one, speaking of the hidden truth of our reality. Nature loves courage. You make the commitment and nature will respond to that commitment by removing impossible obstacles. Dream the impossible dream and the world will not grind you under. It will lift you up. This is the trick. This is what all these teachers and philosophers who really counted, who really touched the alchemical world, the alchemical gold, this is what they understood. This is the shamanic dance in the waterfall. This is how magic is done. By hurling yourself into the abyss and discovering it's a feather bed. <laughs> Quote, unquote, Terrence McKenna. I'm just going to dive deep and read a bunch of my favorite quotes to you for a little while here at the beginning of this episode today, people. I really don't have an agenda. Uh, this is kind of just going to be me diving deep, drinking some beer, hanging out. This one's from Deepak Chopra. And I like it. Quote, Being the change you want to see in the world doesn't require unusual courage or scary action. Although that helps. <laughs> it only requires that you stop telling yourself that things will change while at the same time recycling the same old attitudes, beliefs, fears, blindness, conditioning, and apathy. Stop lying to yourself, right, people? This one's from Manly P. Hall. It is said that wisdom lies not in seeing things, but in seeing through things. You know, these esoteric philosophers and philosophies of the past people, the more I dive into this stuff, the more it is opening up a world to me that I'm, I'm definitely curious and interested in. And, you know, for those of you that like uh, to use psychedelics and, and you know, drugs, alcohol, etc. in order to attain the unknown, maybe a sensory deprivation tank like Joe Rogan or something like that, <laughs> you know? I mean, everybody's got their, got their thing, Right. And whatever it takes, whatever you, you got to do, people, I highly recommend having the courage to maybe, you know, give up a little bit of that control that you hold so dear. Mark Twain once said, in the beginning of a change, the patriot is a scarce man and brave and hated and scorned. When his cause succeeds, though, 
the timid join him, for then it costs nothing to be a patriot. My fellow Americans, I want you to chew on that quote. I've been talking a lot about courage, love, compassion, having the balls to look behind the curtain, to pull back the veil, to move from ignorance towards wisdom, knowledge, reason. Not just intelligence, reason. This was a quote from Leonard Peltier. I don't know how to save the world. I don't have the answers or the answer. I hold no secret knowledge as to how to fix the mistakes of generations past and present. I only know that without compassion and respect for all, for all of Earth's inhabitants, none of us will survive, nor will we deserve to. Any society that would trade its liberty for a false sense of security will not deserve either liberty or security. Better start getting this stuff into your heads, people. I'm telling you. Here's a quote from Kaylin Dion. Power is not controlling other people. Listen up, progressives. Power is not controlling other people. Power is controlling yourself. Trying to control other people is the first sign that you are entirely out of control. Controlling others is what weak people think power looks like. Mm, I love it. I love it. Uh, G.K. Chesterton. I quoted him previously on this podcast. Here's another one by him I love. There are two ways to get enough. One is to continue to accumulate more and more and more and more and more and more. And the other is to desire less. Here's a quote by uh, Carl Jung. No tree, it is said, can grow to heaven unless its roots reach down to hell. And you know, that reminds me, people, a lot. I've been talking on this podcast quite a bit about uh, the duopoly, the, the dichotomy of man, the duality of man, the positive negative, the yin yang, the either or, the binary. There's something to that, people. There's something to the good and the evil in all of us. Which wolf wins? Which wolf lives? The one you feed, right? 
So speaking of that dichotomy of man, here's an interesting quote by Mark Cuban. The duopoly I would shut down in a nanosecond is the Democratic and the Republican parties. Together they are the definition of anti-competitive collusion that has been successful shutting out competition in a manner that is detrimental to the American people every minute of every day. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Um, Here, I got another one. And another one. Here comes another one. You ready for this? Let's dive deep, people. Let's start getting into this stuff. Here's one from Sigmund Freud. This is one I I really like. This is him uh, describing the point of his book, Beyond the Pleasure Principle, 1926. Here we go. Quote, perhaps we die because we want to die. As hate and love dwell in our bosom at the same time, so too all life combines with the desire to maintain itself. There's also an ambivalent desire for its own annihilation. Maybe it's in our nature to destroy ourselves, just as much as it's in our nature to survive, right? As a stretched rubber band has the tendency to assume its original shape, so all living matter, consciously or unconsciously, craves to regain the complete and absolute inertia of inorganic existence. The death wish and life wish dwell side by side within us. Death is the mate of love. Together they rule the world. And this is the message of my book, Beyond the Pleasure Principle. Sigmund Freud, 1926. Fascinating stuff, people, don't you think? Francis Bacon, quote, In order for the light to shine so brightly, the darkness must be present. (laughs) Unquote. You guys picking up on the common themes here? Terence McKenna, and I quote, We are caged by our cultural programming. Culture is a mass hallucination. And when you step outside the hallucination, you see it for what it's worth. I love it. Here's a C.S. Lewis quote, Pain removes the veil. It plants the flag of truth in the fortress of a rebel soul. Man, do I love that quote, people. People, we cannot learn without pain. Aristotle said that. You progressives, you cancel culture people out there, you better start learning sooner or later, that you're going to have to face difficult things in your life. You can't run away and be a coward forever. You can't pass the buck and put the blame on everybody in your life that is more courageous, more successful, more able, more connected, 
has the capacity for love and developed that capacity for love because they self-reflected. They analyzed themselves. Socrates once said, the unexamined life is not worth living. People, is your life worth living? The corporate wage slave rat race? I don't know. William Shakespeare once said, you are an alchemist. So make gold of that. People. Is anybody out there listening? If you're a new listener to my podcast, this this show so far today is a little bit out of character. Usually I have more of an outline, um, more of a, you know, focused uh, point, I guess you could say. Uh, but today I'm kind of reading these quotes because there are very similar common themes in all these things I'm reading to you today that support things that I have stated and said and claimed in previous podcasts on my show. And if you are a regular listener, then I'm pretty sure you're enjoying this so far because I've said it a million times. I'm going to keep bringing it. I'm going to keep bringing the wisdom and the experiences and the history of our past to the present because you're not getting it, people. You're not getting it in the schools. You're not getting it in your colleges and universities. You're not getting it from the mainstream media. You're probably not even getting any of it from church anymore. You're only getting one side, one perspective, a biased perspective from every outlet of news of news and information that you get to hear in this world. I've said it before. Most of you are only getting a small fraction, a small portion of the whole picture. And that's why I'm here. I'm trying to give you guys, maybe not the full picture because that's what all of our goals are. The quest for absolute absolute truth is what we are all on, right? I mean, that's what path I'm on. I don't know about you guys, but I'm trying to find absolute truth in this world while I'm here. I don't know why. It's just, you know, like uh, like the architect in the Matrix says about Neo, uh, you have a profound, you feel a profound detachment from the rest of your species, and you need that to facilitate the function of the one. Now, <laughs> I'm not trying to say that I have some messianic complex and I'm trying to save the world. I'm not all ego anymore, people. But, you know, I really just want to relay the message that you got to start self-identifying. Uh, Not like progressive movement says, oh, I identify as this, I identify as that. No, 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 no. I'm saying start surgically dissecting your own beliefs, behaviors, opinions, the only way to fix the problems in this world is to start with fixing the problems within yourself. If we all did that, I've said it before, we this would already be a much better country, a much better world. Here's a quote from Orwell. Speaking of 
you know, being a revolutionary or, you know, like uh, um, Mark Twain said, patriotism. What's a patriot, right? Uh, here we go. Orwell, and I quote, patriotism has nothing to do with conservatism, people. It is actually the opposite of conservatism since it is a devotion to something that is always changing and yet is felt to be mystically the same. No real revolutionary has ever been an internationalist. <laughs> People, this is from Carl Jung uh, as well, 1931, uh, The Development of Personality. Deep down below the surface of the average man's conscience, he hears a voice whispering, there is something not right, no matter how much his tightness is supported by public opinion or by a moral code. Something isn't right. Very interesting. The quote I like from uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, quote, for those with faith, no evidence is necessary. For those without faith, no evidence will suffice. <laughs> Think about that for a minute, people. You know what I'm saying? Ugh. Boy, uh, this is from Jean-Jacques Rousseau, quote, The falsification of history has done more to impede human development than any one thing known to mankind, unquote. History is written by the victors, right, people? Well, you know, you know what I always say about putting uh, events into the historical context of the time that they occurred so that you can seek and find complete and full understanding, right? Oh, man, this, this quote's awesome. This is another one from Carl Sagan, and, you know... As much as I'm, you know, <laughs> an anti-Scientologist. <laughs> Scientology is probably the weirdest religion I've ever, I mean, I guess not that much weirder when compared to all other religions that have been tried. But uh, I really like this quote by Carl Sagan. He was a smart guy. Science is more than a body of knowledge. It is a way of thinking. I have a foreboding of an America in my children's or grandchildren's time when the United States is a service and information economy, when nearly all the key manufacturing industries have slipped away to other countries, when awesome technological power are in the hands of a very few, and no one representing the public interest can even grasp the issues. 
When the people have lost the ability to set their own agendas or knowledgeably question those in authority, when clutching our crystals and nervously consulting our horoscopes, our critical faculties in decline, unable to distinguish between what feels good and what is true, we slide almost without noticing back into superstition and darkness. Oh, people, I really, I really hope, I really hope we get interested. I really hope we get involved. I really hope we start paying attention to more than our little comfortable point of view, spoon-fed to us through our happy little easy comfortable Talking head mainstream media news network anchor. Fair and balanced is not a thing anymore, people. Remember when they used to say news? Fair and balanced. Uh uh. Fair and balanced is gone, people. It's gone. You need to start vetting the information that you allow into your brain. And you better analyze it. Interpret it. Seek understanding about it before you form your opinion. Because what if you're running on a belief that is bullshit, people? You don't want to do that, do you? I know a few of you have done that a few times in your day. You probably feel like an idiot, right? Alright, so... This is interesting. This is from uh, Charles Bukowski from his 1975 book, Factotum. How in the hell could a man enjoy being awakened at 6.30 a.m. by an alarm clock? Leap out of bed, dress, force-feed himself, shit, piss, brush your teeth in hair, and fight traffic to get to a place where essentially you made lots of money for somebody else and were asked to be grateful for the opportunity to do so. <laughs> oh, you lefties probably love that quote, don't you? I mean, I get it. I get the point. You know, what's the difference between work and drudgery, right? If you're the dumbass that chooses to do a job for your entire life that you don't have any soul in, you don't like, you hate, you don't care for, you're not interested in, whose fault is that? Is that society's fault? Or is that your fault? If you really wanted to be a doctor and you're a, you know, <laughs> a customer service rep somewhere, whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Societies or yours? Oh man, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna get into it. I'm not gonna get into it. Uh, okay, this is from the Gentleman Warrior, and I love this site. If you guys follow uh, the Politics and Punk Rock podcast uh, Facebook page, uh, you have seen me post a lot of stuff from the Gentleman Warrior, and I love this part right here. Um, so here, take a listen to this, people. 
Benevolence is not simply putting your life on the line to help others. It is an internal attitude towards other people. True warriors feel a duty to keep those around them safe and protected. They feel empathy for those weaker than themselves and feel a strong urge to help them as much as they can. This is part of the code that they live by, and it is part of living the warrior lifestyle. Arnold Schopenhauer stated, Compassion is the basis of morality. This is why the warrior is willing to put his life on the line to help or protect others. It is this sense of duty and honor which causes someone to get involved in certain risky situations instead of turning a blind eye and merely walking away, justifying his actions by thinking to himself that this situation was none of his business. Coward mentality. The warrior doesn't think like that, people. If he is able to help and he sees someone who is in desperate need of assistance, he considers it his business. This is definitely not meant to say that you should go around sticking your nose in everyone else's business, obviously. That is not what I am saying it all. Of course you should mind your own business, but if you are walking down the street and you see someone being mugged or who has just been mugged, honor demands that you stop and help. People, Bodie Sanders, benevolence is not simply putting your life on the line to help others. It is an internal attitude towards other people. You cannot make an effort to try to change the world around you, people, until you first change the problems within you. I said it in episode one. Before you try to save the world and change the world, you first have to perfect yourself. That quest starts inwardly. And I'm going to keep nailing this stuff. I'm going to keep nailing it, pounding it into your brains until it sinks in. Because if we don't, If I'm one of very few people talking about this stuff, trying to teach, trying to spread knowledge and awareness about the human condition, about history, about philosophy, about politics and government, I'm trying to pick up the slack and do what all of your institutions, quote unquote, are supposed to be doing. People, I'm a sociology major, right? I've said it a million times. And we talk about social organization and institutions, right? The family is an institution. Government is an institution. Relationships, marriage. The church. The things that are supposed to shape your reality and assimilate you into the dominant culture. People, those systems are not always moral. They are systems of control. And although 
they have, you know, been instrumental in creating this country and the society that you and I are living in right now, here in the good old U.S. of A. But, you know, we're going to need to reform those institutions a little bit. I've said it before. Because the family unit people is going away. People are running away from religion. People are starting to hate their government, and for good reason. All of our institutions are crumbling. And at some point, we're going to have to, somebody's going to have to propose a new way of thinking, right? A new method, a new, uh, you know, wait, a new way to fix these institutions. And, uh, you know, it's going to have to include a conversation about what, what are our morals? What are our values? What is virtue? What is merit? How are we going to live together peacefully? Right now, the left is trying to propose, you know, the whole critical race theory thing. But, you know, none of that has developed their compassion. None of that has developed their capacity for love. All that cancel culture, identity politics, I've been over a million times. It's Nazism. It's fascism. It's mind control for feeble-minded people. And if there's another civil war in this country ever, I guarantee you that's what it's going to be about. It's going to be intelligent and courageous people against knucklehead controlled and dominated and mind controlled idiots. You know who's winning that war, people? <laughs> Only way you'll win that war is if the government takes your side. And I'm, you know, I fear that that is the case. And you know, people, I, I, I continue, I continue to see you people having this ridiculous conversation on the punk rock pages out there in the social media land about, oh, these conservatives aren't punk rock. All the, you can't be a Republican and be punk rock people. You can't be punk rock and be a social justice warrior. You ever think about that? If you're a fall in line, do everything your mainstream media and your government tells you to do, regardless of the facts and evidence that support whether or not what they're telling you is true. You're, that is... <laughs> that is the opposite of being rebellious and courageous and what punk rock is all about. Punk rock is about fuck your systems of control. Punk rock, punk rock is about fuck the man. Damn the man. Fuck the system. Fuck the government. Right? If you don't think that, <laughs> I feel so stupid having this conversation with you people on my podcast right now. It's so immature. It's so ridiculous. Like, it's so, isn't it great? Isn't it wonderful that we live in a country where we can have these pathetic excuses these for conversations, these immature Oh, God, that's not punk rock. Oh, you're not punk rock. Oh, do 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 People. The, the 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 inability to see how good you have it when compared to other countries around this world. Every other country in this world that says Americans are ignorant, boy, they have hit the nail on the head. 
the majority of you, my fellow Americans, are fucking stupid idiots. And I don't know if you're savable. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know how we're going to wake up these American minds. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know. We're, we got a big challenge in front of us. The media is not going to do it. School's not going to do it. The church isn't going to do it. Your friends probably aren't going to do it because they're scared to, you know, cancel culture. Social media sure shit ain't going to do it. How are we going to do it? Better start uh, joining some secret societies and having some conversations, people. Better go out there and find your like-minded friends and organize. And start talking about this stuff. Because... (laughs) If these Democrats and if this progressive movement gets its way, people, police are going away. It'll be a Nietzschean will to power world. Your morals and your ethics and your values won't mean a goddamn thing anymore. People, it's going to be survival of the fittest. You, you progressives don't understand. The world you want to bring into existence is the bourgeoisie versus the proletariat. It is dystopian nightmare come to life. Everyone's going to have to fend for themselves. It's going to be like, you know, Lagos, Nigeria, where (laughs) it's the most libertarian country on the fucking planet, as far as I'm concerned. Everybody's out there trying to make a buck. And the government, you know, where the government officials and and the ruling class of that country live, boy, it's night and day compared to where the people live. And this is a common theme. With your centralized control of government and your centralized control of the means of production in the hands of a very few. And people of the United States of America, we're on our way. It's on its way. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? I got a feeling you're going to sit on your fat ass in front of your TV screen, letting the cable TV wash over you. Just waves hitting you in the face. I've been over it. I've been over it. I've been over it. I don't know what it's going to take. I'm really hoping someone out there might have some answers for me. Should I keep trying? Should I keep doing this podcast? Should I keep pressing on? Or should I just throw on the towel and go George Carlin on it? And just be like, you know what? I'm going to stop having an emotional investment in the outcome. But then, if I really do that, people, aren't I just becoming part of the problem? Aren't I just becoming one of the belligerent masses? I think I've made my decision. I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to keep it going. This is from Hunter S. Thompson, Gonzo Journalism, right? And I just recently posted this on the private group, Andrew for America, Comedy and Commentary. If you're interested, 
send a, a request to be invited into the group. And uh, I like it. Here we go. Quote, freedom is something that dies unless it's used. I have often said freedom and governmental rights are like muscles. Just because you have them doesn't mean they are invulnerable. Muscles can be pulled, torn, and even atrophied if not exercised regularly. This is the current situation of the United States of America right now. They have all these rights slowly being stripped away because for decades the brainwashed and manipulated statists harassed, counter-protested, and made outcasts of anyone that protested. Protesters got mocked, beaten, and abused for standing up against injustices. They do this to discourage others from joining in. They do this to force you into submitting your rights away because not enough people are willing to stand up for what is right. The media makes them out to be outlaws and rioters, but who owns the media? Do these people even know how to think? The media is not your friend and it is not on your side. Hunter S. Thompson, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> I highly recommend, if you don't know who Hunter S. Thompson is, you go out there and look it up. People, I hope you have enjoyed the show today. It was kind of an abstract stream of consciousness reading of some of my favorite quotes that support some of the statements and claims that I have made on this show throughout the course of my past, whatever it is, 30, 40 some episodes that I'm on. All right, people. From their album, Ballads from the Revolution. This is the band Good Riddance, and I'm going to read the lyrics to this song, Fertile Fields. And I like the lyrics. These lyrics are very uh, poetic, and they're they're very kind of general. You can kind of uh, interpret uh, the meaning of these lyrics to be a, a few, th a, a number of things rather. Uh, but here, I like these lyrics. Here we go. Sometimes those simple things won't turn the trick no more. And our self-important dreams, they all lie shattered on the floor. Even the proletariat receives his royalty. And as the battle rages on and on, I wish it wasn't me. And it seems so cruel. The last one breaking up until the winter finds its worth as we glide upon the earth. Now the trees are swept aside by winds and sheets of rain, and the fertile fields once glided on have now withered and refrained. So who longs for comfort feels instead a savage thrust, and the ashen sky grows ever, ever blah, shit, and the ashen sky grows ever darker as dawn gives way to dust. Man, 
Love it. And it seems so cruel, the last one breaking up, until the winter finds its worth, as we set our dogs upon the earth. Feast on the dead until no life remain. Forward towards a pointless end, we squander, never gain. Do you want to uh, move forwards towards a pointless end, people? Do you want to squander what you never gain? Or what you never even knew you had? I love it. I love it. These lyrics theme up quite nicely with the very abstract, deep dive, deep thinker of a podcast that I decided to do for you people today. Thank you for listening. Send me an email, andrewforamerica1984 at gmail.com. Send a request to be invited into the private group on Facebook, Andrew for America Comedy and Commentary. Um, Let's see. Go check out my friend Sam Winchester's podcast, According to Sam. Um, go check out the Peddling Fiction podcast. Go check out the Counterflow podcast with Buck Johnson. Uh, go check out Part of the Problem by Dave Smith. Go, uh, go get it involved with this liberty movement. You know, it's not a group of white supremacists out there. Promise you, I promise you, everything that your media and your TV and your social media says about the liberty movement is 95% horseshit, people. Just think about it. If you're really going to save the world, people, what kind of person is going to be the type of person that is even capable of doing it? It's going to be someone who's courageous. It's going to be someone who has sought truth. It's going to be someone that has achieved truth enlightenment, wisdom. It is someone that understands that tolerance and restraint is a greater strength than emotion, than action, than uh, going on the offense and attacking others because you haven't attacked yourself. You better start going to war with yourself, my fellow Americans. You better start figuring out how to solve the problems in your own life. You better start figuring out how to make yourself better tomorrow than you were today. And I want you to do it. I want you to do it for you. I want you to do it for me. I want you to do it for all of us. Thank you for listening. Good night. And people... We'll see you next time.